Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz guitarist Al DiMiola. So during this very trying COVID-19 quarantine world we live in, we talked about his newest 2020 CD, his sophomore homage to the Beatles called Across the Universe. It came out on March 13th, 2020, right around when the actual live music was silenced on the planet. So he opened up about this project, the state of the world today, and hope. All that hope as we move forward here in April 2020. So please dig this interview. Well, I got to tell you, Al, one thing I'm doing, I'm going crazy. When this started, I was just in shock. I couldn't even listen to music for a couple of days. I was just like, it's like someone took like a frying pan to four parts of my skull and just cracked me. And I'm like, you know, what, what am I going to do? And I'm thinking, you know, I've spent since 2011 all this time holding up what I consider the finest people, not just artists, but people on this planet. I love jazz musicians. And I've seen a lot of walks of life. And I think the best thing that I can do in this capacity is to just talk and just to say, hey, what's up? Especially for cats that are releasing material during this time. This is an unprecedented time for human beings. And maybe in just some small way, this could be an oasis away from all of this darkness that we're dealing with. Because really, music does have that light that, that can keep, you know, even an atheist alive. It's, 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 that, it's that spiritual binding of all of us, the language that we love. So thank you for taking a minute to talk about this. And, you know, your album came out, I believe, on the 13th. Um, right. So Across the Universe, talk to me about this, not only about the album, but about what it's like to release it during this time that we're living through. Well, of course, we never knew that. You know, the timing of these, <laughs> virtually on the day that, you know, the world got informed that, you know, this is a super serious. But, um, look, it was, a, it was a dream of mine to do uh, a second one with a hell of a lot more production, which is uh, more, uh, you know, I had more choices, of course, because I, I did it. Uh, this time, instead of at Abbey Road, where I didn't have my arsenal of equipment uh, back, was it seven or eight years ago? Um, although the experience was phenomenal to be recording in the same spaces where the Beatles made those gems and won the set with the same equipment, and, and it was just, uh, I, I felt like I was a five year old going to Disney World for the first time. And it was like that every day. And I haven't had a thrill like that as an adult on that level. So it it, it was just wonderful. And then you know, so many things happened after that first record that, that are mind-blowing because that, I remember I recorded three pieces, but I intended to finish it in New York or at my studio in New Jersey. So that's what I did. I, after three, three songs, I went back and I attempted to record. Uh, in fact, at one of the biggest studios in New York, and 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 then we tried in the my studio. For some reason, we couldn't match the sound because Abbey Road's was was just unbelievable in terms of quality. Uh, it wasn't just because of the history of the Beatles, but they also just had a super phenomenal sound. And um, so then I said, "Oh God, I can't use these. I'm going to have to go back to Abbey Road." But before I go back to Abbey Road, I got to take the time to arrange the, the whole rest of the record so I just decided to um, instead of do it at home where there was a lot of uh, stuff going on I that I would rent the house out in the Hamptons 
I always wanted to go to the Hamptons. I, I didn't know much about it, but I just, <laughs> from what I knew, it was like an oasis in the summertime. So I saw this little ad in the paper for this little house, and uh, the guy says, oh, I normally don't rent my house, but you sound like a nice guy. Uh, but I have to tell you, you know, your next-door neighbor's kind of a famous pop guy, and you've got to be kind of cool. And I said, Oh, no problem. He goes, well, let me call you back to confirm. So I'm sitting in this restaurant, and he calls me back while I'm eating in this restaurant. He goes, uh, okay, you got the house. You got the house. And uh, I said, hey, that's really cool, but can you tell me who uh, who, who lives next door? It was Paul McCartney. Hmm. And, you know, that was my bucket list wish, you know, so I, I just completely freaked. And uh, I remember I put in my GPS, and, you know, I know the address right off the bat, you know, and I pull up, as I'm pulling up, he's right there. Wow. His driveway, my driveway, almost adjoined, almost. And he's standing in the driveway with his wife and some friends to probably saying goodbye to some people. And I pull out, like, this cannot F&B. This is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I'm going out here to arrange this guy's songs, and he's my next-door neighbor. <laughs> wow. So I met him, of course, two or three times while I was there, and he was just he was the nicest guy by himself, pulling in and out of the driveway, nobody with him, rolls the window down, shake my hand. We talked for a while, uh, several times, and not once did I say who I was. Hmm. Wow. And I don't know why. I think it was because uh, I didn't want to embarrass myself in case he didn't know. Yeah. And sometimes people come up to say, I'm so-and-so, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm this and, and, and I do this and I'm this and that. And, and sometimes I go, oh, God, you know, why does this person think that I need to know about them? Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I would have felt way better if he was with somebody <clears throat> and that somebody recognized who I was or knew who I was and said, Paul, this is, this is the guitar player, Aldi Miller. And that would have been a better way, right? Yeah. So, um, but he was, it was absolutely nice anyway. So this is when I'm out there arranging the songs and, uh, and then we see him in restaurants while we're out there and everything. And it was just, my mind was blown, you know, so Jack Nicholson and a whole bunch of other celebrities. And uh, then the next year I rented the house again, same period of time. He's always there at the end of August. That's his, in fact, he's probably there now because he can't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, if, if this weren't happening, he's there at the end of August. So I rented the house again and there he is. He's there again. Yeah. And at this time, I had the, the CD finished. And uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she uh, she said, why don't you write him a note, put it in the CD, and I'll take it next door and, and give it to him when he pulls up the driveway. I said, yeah, better you do it than me, because I was, I was like, a little embarrassed. Because uh, when we arrived there that time, uh, I was in these little purple shorts, and we were pulling up, and there was all these trucks out front, and loud music, I mean, coming from the backyard. I said, oh, my God, they're filming a video. 
oh man, I got to see what is, you know. So I, I ran uh, up the driveway, we're just arriving this time, uh, and I ran in the backyard and didn't realize I was in the, sh- in the shot. <laughs> so uh, some direct, some director was screaming like from a distance. <laughs> Can I help you? And I, and I said, to, I said, turn around to my wife. And I said, Steph, what, what is somebody yelling? What did he say? Ow, ow, don't, don't go any further. Don't go any further. So I kept going further. And then the guy goes, I help you. And it was like, from a distance. And then I turned around again, and my, my, she was my girlfriend at the time. And Stephanie goes, uh, ow, don't move. Uh, Paul was, Paul was right to your right side. And I turned to the right, and there he was. <laughs> He's just standing right there. He goes, can I help you? I said, oh, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a, remember me? I'm from last year. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, yeah, but we're, we're filming right now. I was, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm really sorry. Was I in the shot? Yeah, 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 but, you know, we're filming right now. Was it the music that attracted you? I said, well, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> was it the music that attracted me? He wanted to know. <laughs> Wasn't that interesting? Yeah, that's, that's wild. When we get back to reality and we're back at some capacity, if you're on stage, the audience is in the crowd, what revelatory notions do you hope that we get from this process of absence, that we come back and have some kind of enlightenment? What do you hope that is? Well, we're going to have a greater appreciation for, for life, I think. We made it through an unbelievable storm. It's, uh, probably similar to to what people have gone through with uh, overcoming a horrible thing like cancer or, you know, or just uh, just making it through, you know, a, a health nightmare. And we're all going to be um, celebrating that together throughout the whole world. So when I play a concert, I think there's going to be this sense and feeling from everyone that, they're so glad to to be in the same room together and, and witness uh, me playing again. You know, so I think there's going to be a uh, a very emotional return for all yeah. artists. For all artists, I think the 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 audience is going to feel that. What I hope is that we overcome the fear of being together. Because this whole distancing thing is, and, and not being able to hug someone or shake their hands, uh, is the thing that they're talking about all the time. And what an awful thing! You can't, you know, kiss or shake or hug, and and, and fear that if you're in a club sitting at a table with, you know, twelve inches away from somebody, you know, it's it got to bit somebody sneezes or coughs. Holy Christ! You know, yeah. Will we ever get over that fear, or does everyone does everyone have to, for a very long amount of years, wear face masks? This is going to be crazy. All we have is hope, man. The only thing we can do is take. Oh, that's what I did. I wrote a song called Hope, and I debuted it on uh, on a stream last Saturday, and uh, amongst some other pieces that we played. And I say we because I'm I'm here with my. Keyboard is from Spain. He didn't go back to the. It's a mess in Madrid, you know. Yeah. So we're here in the house, and we're we're being a little bit productive, and uh, and uh, yeah, man, let's hope for the best. Jesus, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs>
Beautiful. Hey, Al, thank you, man, for your time today. Good luck with everything, and uh, thank you for all the music. Thank you for playing it. I appreciate it. Take care, man. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Al for his time, his honesty, and all of that music throughout all the years. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And whatever you do, support the arts. They're keeping us going here in this quarantine COVID-19 world we live in. And until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.